Hey guys, this is a super fun episode to record. It's with my older brother, Kyle Fulmer. He's a head of operations at Rover Products. We'll have some links in the show notes about the company, a phenomenal outdoor goods company. And if you type broker Brett, B-R-E-T-T, all one word, uh, you'll get 20% off on their website. Um, the audio is a little rough at the start of this podcast. I didn't realize my headset wasn't working. Once I did, I kind of leaned into the computer about a minute in, gets a lot better. But I hope you enjoyed the journey, uh, the story. My older brother talks about how he connected with Rover, kind of through logistics and kind of different, you know, dominoes falling. Yeah, I get into my backstory about getting ingrained in insurance, you know, definitely a happy accident. We talk about the outdoor good space. We talk about Kyle's ultra running. You know, he's ran 100 miles multiple times now and kind of the science and what goes into all that. Uh, as always, if we can help you out with anything insurance wise, that's Brett, B-R-E-T-T at N-P-B-I-C.com. And I hope you enjoy the pod. Thanks. All right, guys, welcome back to Broker Brett Radio. I'm going to do my best Tim Ferriss right now. Hello, boys and girls. Thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Rover Products, R-O-V-R products.com, where they make generational outdoor equipment, you know, for good times for you and your family, for generations to come. Did I get a pitch spot, Kyle? Can I be a pitch man for uh, the Rover Products? That was pretty good. I think you, you, you were close. Um, you know, innovative products for, for the outdoors person um, around the campfire or outdoor movie or beach or such scenario. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so today I have my older brother on, Kyle Fulmer, operations for Rover Products, um, logistics guru, uh, great runner. And yeah, man, looking forward to talking about a few things. Yeah, no, happy to be here. And I, I dodged you for many months, but you finally got me. So uh, it'll be fun to talk and have ourselves recorded instead of just talking not recorded. Yeah, yeah. And I tend to be the uh, the sales guy. So if anybody's going to chase anybody down, I think it's usually, you know, should be my role to make that happen. You're very persistent. And um, I, I answered your phone calls and emails most of the time. So good job. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just fun. I really had a good time recording the one with dad and with, with Todd. They're actually neck and neck for the most downloaded. Dad's at 60 and Todd's at 53. Cool. So a healthy competition there. Who has the most downloads of all time? Uh, dad, it, it's 60. So nothing crazy, which I still appreciate that 60 people clicked on anything. I feel like it's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Yeah. A little archive of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah well, so let's get. Let's get this one to 61 or 75. All right, there we go. Well, if it goes on the Rover, you know, if the social media man behind Rover products, you know, pumps this thing out, who knows what it'll climb to. Very, very, okay, point taken. Yeah, no, fair. Um, but yeah, we can wind it backwards. I mean, right now you're working at just an awesome outdoor retail company. And, you know, I kind of randomly got super ingrained in insurance. I don't think either of us were planning any of this five years ago. Um, How'd you originally get connected with Rover? How'd they come on the radar? Well, um, you have to go back a few years. Um, we we both spent, I spent 10 years at a really essentially a moving company, um, logistics company in Southern California with you and um, some other members of our family and a lot of people we knew. And um, during that time, it was heavy into to local trucking, manpower, um, two men in a truck deliveries, stuff like that. And um, 
probably in 2015-ish timeframe, um, you introduced me to some folks who are into ocean freight and, um, and third-party logistics, order fulfillment, freight from China. And really that was kind of on the forefront of final mile delivery. Um, we, we actually did final mile for Amazon before they um, started using their own trucks. So way back in the day. So we were delivering, you know, the small parcels for Amazon. Um, and that was really, it seems like it was forever ago, but it was probably only six, five, six, seven years ago that we were doing that. So um, you introduced me to some folks. I started learning about ocean freight and international freight forwarding. Um, and then from there, um, it was kind of on me to, to, to generate accounts um, at, at, the, at the business we're at. So I went out and I found order fulfillment customers. So uh, through your contacts, I was able to sell ocean freight. I was able to bring product into the U.S. And then we ended up shipping to places like William and Sonoma, Target, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, et cetera, um, and doing order fulfillment e-com in the semi early days, even though it was only really five years ago, um, yeah. it's still pretty early. So, I didn't think about that. In the contact you mentioned, that's, uh, I'll say JC, right? I'll probably skip the actual name, but yeah, well, the initials. Uh, uh, close enough. Um, but it was, um, yeah, I mean, that's what we were doing. And so in that, I, I was trying to chase down outdoor companies. You know, I got into hiking in, you know, 2011, 12, got into running 2013, 14. And then I'd always climbed previously. So I was always into the outdoor brands, but it's hard to get your foot in the door. And I couldn't get a job at Patagonia and I couldn't get a job at these other places I tried. And so the intention was to learn about logistics and distribution and freight forwarding and order fulfillment and all that. So I could work with outdoor brands. I mean, that was always the plan. Um, it just took a long time to get there. So fast forward, um, learned a lot about that kind of stuff and, and just became a little bit more dangerous, you know, in the job market and being able to talk to people. That said, it's still hard to get a job. So I, I did uh, distribution, 3PL, uh, order fulfillment sales independently for a year in 2018. And then um, I actually went to the outdoor retailer show in 2018 um, on purpose to not only sell for the company I was working for, but also to meet people. Cool. So, that was where I unintentionally had a beer with Rover. I was on my way out of the convention and I walked by and I saw this cooler with a prep board on it and the cutting, you know, they're playing music really loud and there's a cup holder and they were, they offered me a shot of tequila. So I had like three and then I had a couple of beers with them. And then I went and I ran and I, I down, I was, I had to leave. I had to leave to get to the airport. I was so late. And so I, they, I hung out with them for a while. And then I, I ran over, had a beer with my buddy at a bar, which I shouldn't have done, got on a train. I was like an hour late for my plane, but it was delayed and I still made it somehow. <laughs> so that was all weird. And then um, it was very strange that that happened because I just randomly had three shots of tequila and a beer with the guy. I didn't know who they were. Yeah. And then, um, and that was the last day of the outdoor retailer. Um, and then in December of that year, my wife, Sujin and I, we wanted to move to the Pacific Northwest. So we visited Reno and Bend, Oregon and Seattle and visited friends and stuff on like a two week road trip. And um, I went to the, because I went to outdoor retailer, I was on their job board. So I was on the outdoor industry association job board and um, a, a job came up for a logistics distribution guy. Cool. And 
and um, it said Boulder, Colorado. And I said, okay, and I applied. And um, the Tom, my, my current, my boss, the founder of Rover, um, he called me out of the blue. Hey, you know, hey, uh, would you like to come interview? And I said, sure. I actually had a beer with you guys like six months ago. That's cool. And um, it was funny, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you had to be open-minded going from Fort Collins and being a Ram to go hanging out in Boulder country. And uh, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a sensitive question or subject or whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm loyal to my CSU Rams, but I am in, in Buffalo country. But it's a nice place here in Boulder. I can see why they, lo they love it so much. Yeah, no, it's super fun. I, I've had a great time visiting your facility. And then we should tag some of your neighbors in there too. Don't you guys split an office with a few other really cool companies? Like there's the guys who do the water. The water filters are really badass. Yeah, so we, we um, you know, when I showed up at Rover, Pearl Street's the famous um, – you know, shopping district in, in Boulder. And there's a lot of outdoor brands on Pearl Street. There's La Sportiva um, is way down on the East End and then Patagonia and Fall Raven and North Face, everybody is on Pearl Street. And um, so we, we had an office there, it was very expensive and we didn't really need to be there. And then we, we were in a, a brewery for a few months. And then now we moved out to a, a town called Niwa, which is five miles North of Boulder. And we share space with the a company called Epic Water Filters, and they're really good. They um, they make filters for home, um, like you know pitchers like a, a, a Brit on steroids, but then they also make the dispenser for like in the fridge, so you can put a whole bunch of liters in there, um, and then um, basically Nalgene bottles with filters that you can take on the go, cool. and um, they take everything out. So. Um, any bacterias or viruses or anything. I mean, you could dip it in the dirtiest stream possible and drink and you'd be fine. That's it's awesome. like really robust uh, filter product. So we share an office with them. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's a great place to be. A lot of, a lot of outdoor brands um, have offices or headquarters in, in the, what I'll say is in this Boulder, um, uh, I shouldn't say Boulder bubble, but in the Boulder, in the, in the neighborhood of Boulder. So Lewis, there's a few towns, Louisville and Broomfield and Superior that um, a lot of outdoor brands work. How big is that market? I think you told me one time, I was like mind blown how big the outdoor goods like industry is. Um, well, you put me on the spot. I don't want to be wrong, um, but it's right. very big. Well, I'll, um, I'll, I'll line back. One of our friends, um, from a delivery company, I'll say his brother told me one time logistics is 10% of California's economy. That's nuts. Yeah. You know, I yeah. didn't realize how big logistics was and then outdoors. Well, logistics is big because it costs so much to move stuff. If you really look at it, you know, I mean, you know, shipping and freight, you got to pay for the stuff to come in. You got to pay for the stuff to go out. You got to pay for it to sit wherever it's sitting. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money, you know, and a lot of, a lot of the money that you spend on a product is just for moving it around. Um, I knew there was a two involved. So the outdoor recreation economy is 2.1% of the GDP that's crazy. in 2019. So that's $459 billion. Jeez. Yeah, no, that's insane. I didn't even, is that just the States or globally? That's the U.S. Wow. So yeah. 2.1% of the GDP in 2019, $459 billion. I had no idea. And I think Rover hit at a cool time where people want more quality goods. Like we don't want flimsy things that are falling apart. I think people are being a little bit more mindful of waste. You know, I think you guys are building it right. We love our cooler. I was fun, you know, hiking around Joshua Tree with it recently. 
Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is it's a really well thought out product. You know, it has a single piece steel axle and it has, uh, you know, rubber wheels, you know, four ply rubber wheels and it's pneumatic wheels that you pump up and, you know, you can, it's a tank fully loaded. You can pull it off the tailgate of your truck and let it hit the ground. I pulled an 80 quart cooler with 120 beers off the back of a truck. You don't even feel it hit the ground. So they're tanks. We don't want stuff in the landfills. We want to build a product that you can pass down through generations. Um, and so I think, yeah, that is important to build something of quality. Uh, and then we do make a cooler in the United States. We're trying to make more. We really are. That's not a, a fib. We're, we're actively looking for, for more roto molders in the U.S. Um, and we make a Colorado 85 quart cooler in Yuma, Colorado, that we're very proud of too. So yeah. um, that's that's pretty awesome. I think we'll see a trend towards that. And so. For you, like outdoor goods was a multi-year push. It was like this idea that you kind of stumbled into and progressed to. And that's just going to be a buggy on the running too. When do you think you kind of pivoted back into running? Was that like eight years ago? Um, well, honestly, I, I had, I climbed, you know, hiked a little bit. Um, I didn't put that much value into exercise or running. And I made fun of runners because I didn't really get it. You know, I just saw people jogging around and thought it was kind of silly. My wife um, started working a job where she was leaving the house at 4, 4.30 every day. And I was up, I'd help her get food ready and things like that. I had nothing to do. So I watched Lance Armstrong videos, a whole DVD set of seven, all Lance Armstrong's seven wins. I watched the entire DVD collection. <laughs> that's doing awesome. And then I'd ride my bike to work. So that's why, because I was in the bike. So I'd ride my bike to work and get on the train and all that. But I watched seven complete DVDs of Lance Armstrong. <laughs> and this is back before he was guilty. So whatever, like 2011, 12 or something. And so um, after that was over, then I really had nothing to do. So um, I started running one mile a day. That's and, cool. then, and then I got up to three and then I got up to five. And so after running for like three or four weeks, I signed up for a mountain marathon. And um, I showed up to the mountain marathon after running for four weeks. And... I finished somehow. <laughs> it was probably the most, honestly, probably the most painful last three or four miles I've ever experienced. My feet hurt so bad. I want to doubt it because we've kind of learned now, like I ran during high school. I didn't run for a number of years. Uh, Kyle helped me train for the LA Marathon. Um, it's just that kind of continual grind and conditioning. And the one thing I've learned from hanging out with you and your friends is it's almost like science. You're going to need a certain amount of liquid. You're going to need a certain amount of calories. You need to progress at a certain amount of time. You know, yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I got into ultra long distances. Um, I met some older guys. One was a family friend um, who introduced me to his friend who they were both late fifties when I started with them. So I was 32 ish and they were 56 and 58, I think when I started running with them and they ran me into the ground, they just crushed me, but it was all about a mental mindset. And I, and honestly, you know, back then I panicked a lot. Um, I would, I was not prepared most of the time. I'd show up after either drinking too many beers or staying up too late or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it just, you, you have to show up in the right mi mental mindset. You, you got to be calm. You can't panic. Um, you have to plan your food ahead of time, your hydration ahead of time, know where you are, not get lost. And all that stuff appealed to me. Um, but the other end of it was I just learned I like being outside. You know, I like being on the trails. I like being on top of a mountain. I like, you know, working hard for views and I'll do it. You know, I'll do it tomorrow morning. Um, 
it gets me out of bed it gets me going and then i go about my day yeah know? so i don't know if i answered i have no idea what you asked me yeah this is it's a random walk podcast you got no goals i like it um for me lately the consistency just being outside is kind of like meditative you know like whether it's two miles mm -hmm. four miles it's a chance just to kind of like get away from the nerves of the day for a little bit is the way mm -hmm. i would say it because um, good pressure i mean candidly for myself before this year got going there's just a lot going on i was feeling pressure from a few different projects and just wanted to deliver you know wanted to kind of hold my side up and yeah. running has been a great way just to get a little extra i'll call it 10 percent of clarity you know yeah yeah and i you know it's, it's about getting outside and um you know if we're supposed to exercise 20 to 30 minutes a day to be healthy um you know you're doing two three four miles a day and and you you know you're lucky to live in a beautiful area and it and it's nice to get outside lately um not lately i guess the whole time i do i do a lot of thinking while i'm running so i'll come to the office more prepared than if i sleep in or if i sit around and watch tv all morning um i find if i if i do go out and exercise number one i always i never regret it and number two i'm usually a lot better prepared for the day um things that are bothering me problems i'm having i usually get to a place where i can maybe approach them a little bit better you know or not be so panicked about them. yeah um, something about the circulation while you're running uh one of our friends mentioned that he had a professor that when he was struggling with the math problem had a proof tree you just go out and walk around a tree until he figured it out <laughs> you know yeah i mean i would love to be a genius and and know what that means um i'm reading a science book that i don't understand and puts me to sleep but um i i I, my thoughts, me and you just want to think of funny things to say, and I'd probably do that while I'm running, maybe. <laughs> and I think about works. I mean, I, you know, I wish I was doing math theorems and things, but um, yeah, yeah. but it's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, we, uh, we get, it's funny to say, but we just figure out how to plot along and get stuff done. Like for me, I saw the upside to being a small business owner, you know, growing up with some friends, especially during high school. And I kind of saw sales as like a way to kind of move towards that. Um, and the insurance stuff kind of presented itself because you don't need a CNC machine. And as a sales guy, when we're doing office moving sales, I had to sell it, I had to set up the account, occasionally I had to collect, which was very fun. Uh, go out there with like an invoice and sit in somebody's you know lobby. Um, mm -hmm. And insurance appealed to me because everyone needed it. It's helpful and you get paid every year. And it was a plot. I mean, I was licensed three years before I had my first full-time insurance job, you know, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. Holding on to opportunities, I think over time, you know? Yeah. And it's consistency, you know, you're building consistency and, you know, say this kind of sales that you and I have done and that you've done for sure is, um, you know, it's like you used to do is eat an M&M every time to reward yourself. You know, you're just doing little things and <laughs> it's the consistency that pays off in the long run and um, quality of your work. You know, you got to yep. do a good job. But um, I mean, I've seen that in you and and it's, you know, you've inspired me in a lot of ways. And and a lot of it's your ability to take chances, but also to to commit to something, you yep. know, and, and you've been able to do that. I, w I was thinking about before this pod because I know I get in trouble sometimes for like, puffing stuff up a lot and it's interesting how we both have seen each other like face challenges and overcome stuff and like really believe in each other and then are really hard on ourselves and i think that just goes along with anybody you know now that the, the mental game of this is not easy you know trying to forge ahead and do new things and well, well I, I, something you brought up earlier i 
I think that sales and, you know, you got to forge your own path. And, and if you're in sales, you know, you're, you're there because you, you like being your own boss. If you're an entrepreneur, you like being your own boss. You believe in yourself. And, and that's, that's a big deal, you know? And so I've never worked for a big corporate company. I've never, you know, I haven't done it. I don't want to, you know, maybe I do. I don't know. I have no idea, but I haven't. And yeah. there's something to be said for that, you know? So, um, you know, I, I admire you for going out and, and sticking your head out and, and sticking your neck out and trusting yourself. And I, I kind of did the same thing. I took a step back and yeah. it was definitely taking a chance to come out here, uh, but I could not be happier that I, that I did it. You know, I mean, it's been really fulfilling. Uh, yeah. It's, it's weird. It's like you kind of leave yourself out there in like a vacuum and you can kind of respond. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's sort of like giving yourself capacity to respond. Sometimes you overextend and I don't know if it's just, innate human drive or whatever but if you trust yourself like you find a way like letting yourself keep work on projects work on problems like to, well you know you have to you have to um if you think it's a good idea you should probably do it as long as you're not harming anybody or anything um why not go for it and if it doesn't work okay good try it again later you know i mean it's the only way you learn and um you know and so the fear of failure and all that kind of stuff I mean, it's just things aren't going to work out, but, um, going for it never really, um, it's always good in the end. I think, I think. Yeah, I was just thinking like, you got to be realistic about like what your responsibilities are, but as long as you don't get kind of like asked out, as long as you can stay at the table. And then I think it's Tim Ferriss is really big on like fear setting where like he'll think about the worst outcome. And he's like, usually it's actually not as bad as you think. <laughs> like you look yeah. at these things and yeah. Well, you know, I guess circling back to the running and outdoor stuff and a lot of this is related, you know, it's, it's about setting goals and then trying to achieve them. And what yeah. do you find out along the way? And, and Kobe quote the other day was like, you know, it's not about, um, it's not about the dream you have. It's about the work and the consistency mm -hmm. and showing up early. And he said, then um, what you end up with is way bigger than the dream you started out with, you know, and, and maybe there's some truth to that, you know, um, cool. because it would be impossible for us to sit down and map things out. You can have a goal, but you don't know, it would be impossible to know what's going to happen on the way there, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I just thought about that. No, it makes sense. Um, I, I've kind of heard like, yeah, fall in love with the work. You know, if you can fall in love with the work of the thing that gets you the outcome you like, you're going to do all right. Um, the last thing I'll bug you on before we jump is just playing basketball together a lot was really fun. You know, like I love playing hoops with you growing up, like being a 14 year old, being drug out to like play pickup games with grown men. That was a good time, yeah. Yeah, it was good. I'm four, old, four years older than you. So when, I think when I was playing the most pickup games, you were probably 12, 13, 14 years old. So, you know, I was late in high school and it was really fun. I mean, I still remember a lot of those games, whether at Jasmine Park or um, Tyne's gym or wherever um, playing pickup games and and it's fun I, I miss it um, I used to dream about playing but I've moved on a little bit now yeah it had its time we had a great run and, and men's leagues we used to play two or three men's leagues a week together um, which was really really fun and then I, I quit playing basketball because I didn't want to get hurt for the trail running but um, same I, I broke my hand at 30 and felt like I was dragging myself around the court I was like that oh, was a good run you know it was getting in a serious relationship with you know uh, growing you, broke, up. you broke your hand deflecting a pass yeah it was unfortunate 
I think other players have come back from the a deflected pass broken hand, but I took it as a sign. Uh, <laughs> if that was the downfall. Yeah, it's time to wrap it up. I already just dragged myself around more than I wanted. Um, yeah. But I will tell you this, I don't know if you know this, but that was the only championship I ever got was our Bray little like D-level league. I never actually won any other leagues in basketball, which is kind of funny. I remember that, and I think you scored a lot. Of, you scored like 20 a game that year or something. Uh, sometimes, but yeah, when you came in and helped me and David out, we uh, we got the chip. That was my only championship, so I thank you for helping us be in our ringer and deliver a, a D-level men's league chip in Brea, California. It was a big deal. Yeah. I forgot about that, but I'm happy I contributed. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thanks for uh, coming on the pod. We'll definitely link in. Uh, after Is that it? Lincoln Rover. I think so. I mean, man, we're uh, fine. I mean, we can keep going. Anything else? No, no, no we're good. Um, yeah, we can do it again. Um, sorry, I, I dodged you for so long. No, you're fine. Yeah. Um, don't you have a discount code for Rover products? I think I do. I will chase it down from the one we did with Todd. <laughs> but, yeah. There, there's a discount code out there somewhere yeah we'll, we'll put in the show notes for sure and then you were just waiting for my platform to become more established you just want me to get past 30 episodes make sure you know it's a credible podcast platform and then you know well i needed to know what what listener count i had to beat so yeah exactly we had the goal yeah <laughs> so, all right well we'll wrap this one we'll uh we'll pump it up maybe we'll throw in some like facebook ads for rover something and link to the podcast to really just juice your statistics yeah. I'll, put it, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on LinkedIn or something. And then um, I, I know nothing about insurance, so I'm sorry I, I couldn't contribute any commentary on insurance. No, this is the uh, the small business entrepreneur startup one. This is just where I market the insurance. We don't actually talk about insurance. Okay. So, All right. Good. Good. Um, if you're building coolers, you want to have product liability insurance. That's as far as I'll go. And uh, I'm sure you do. So I'm sure you're good. Yeah, we're good there. All right. But thank you everybody for listening and I'll uh, catch you on the next one. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. And if we can help out with anything insurance wise, please don't hesitate to reach out. Brett at mpbic.com and catch you on the next one.